Today is September 15th, 2023. You are listening to Star Wars Old Republic Radio, Ahsoka. Ahsoka, man. It was so good. Oh my gosh. I'm your host, Bella. I am Ruby. And last week we took a break from our Ahsoka review to talk about GalaxyCon mm-hmm. Austin. So we're back with a double review, episode four and five. I don't know how we're going to get through four <laughs> without know, jumping right? to five. Yeah. I have chills, honestly, just thinking about it because I'm oh really excited gosh. to talk. Same. So many cameos, Easter eggs, yeah. new things, development, yeah. stuff we've been waiting, we've the been music. talking about. and it's Yeah. It just elevates everything. Okay. Before we get into the actual review, just talking about it a bit, I feel like all of the Star Wars fan base is united right now. Yeah. I haven't heard a single person say they didn't like ahsoka the yeah. latest episode yeah which i mean if you're listening you didn't like it maybe you have your reasons but i would i would like to hear reasons why someone didn't like something and they'd have to be legitimate reasons because this episode was amazing mm-hmm. but we're gonna start we're gonna start off with episode four we have a lot more to say about five than four though yeah definitely but four not- was a really great build up to five which i'm really glad that we get to talk about them hand in hand Mm -hmm. i like that we're able to talk about it without repeating ourselves like Mm -hmm. as if we talked about it last week and then bringing it back we get to yeah let it flow Mm -hmm. without saying you know go back and listen to our other episode episode four fallen jedi yeah fallen jedi wow i got really excited when i saw the title because i was like fallen fallen jedi fallen order jedi cow (laughs) <laughs> then i was like no a jedi who they tripped and fell oh i get what you're saying <laughs> there goes i get Cody. what you're saying <laughs> i was thinking when they said fallen jedi i was like okay either this is balin mm. this is yeah. ahsoka or this is anakin yeah those were I, my three contenders oh i didn't think about anakin my thought process was first jedi fallen order um and cal kestis yeah but he wasn't really a fallen Jedi. And then my thoughts went to Balin and then Ahsoka because Ahsoka left the Order. And I was like, oh, they're kind of both really? fallen. It could be both of them, fallen yeah. Jedi. Oh, that's true. This episode started out, episode four, Sabine's trying to contact Hera mm-hmm. under the, the code name Fulcrum. Yeah. Which is huge callback to Rebels mm-hmm. just by Ahsoka going by Fulcrum. And then Callus going by Fulcrum. It was just the the re- rebellion code name for mm-hmm. passing information, and the fact that that's still a thing with the yeah. ghost crew is cool. Even the fact that she's she's using Fulcrum even after the New Republic rose, you know, because mm-hmm. really they're not really supposed to be where they're at. Sabine and Ahsoka, yeah, they just kind of took off on their own, which they're not really a part of the New Republic yet. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's what's very interesting is that Hmm. Ahsoka is a Jedi, Yeah, but the New Republic having risen after the Empire, whereas prior that was the Old Republic, was so closely tied to the Jedi that it kind of led to the downfall and the rise to the Empire. But now with the New Republic rising and the Order not being a thing, it's rising separately from Jedi who Hmm. are, you know, popping up everywhere. They're kind of like, yeah, that's cool, but whatever. We don't really care about that because you don't have a Palpatine trying to <laughs> involve right. himself with the Jedi. Yeah, that's an interesting point to think about 
-hmm. like the new republic growing separately from a jedi order and then even thinking further about luke and him starting his school and what that entails yeah he has the freedom right now to just take off Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna build up the jedi yeah and they're all like cool yeah plus if you have leia as mm-hmm. your sister, you know, as serving as senator and just heavily politically involved, it's going to be a lot easier. But then these, these random scattered Jedi, like, oh, there's a Jedi Ezra Bridger out there. Okay, we're not going to give you clearance to go find him because right. we have bigger problems. We don't really care about one lost Jedi who's probably dead. Right. Whereas before in the Old Republic, everybody would be... Yeah, you had a whole order Yeah, who lost the Jedi, which... I mean, going to say, given the circumstances mm-hmm. they were in, they might have given up on him. But not not everybody. It wouldn't be, yeah. you know, one person against everyone else. Right. Mm. Mm. We got deep real quick. Oof. I got a thought. <laughs> yeah. Where the heck is Zeb? Right? He's not babysitting Jason. He hasn't been mentioned. I know. We like, saw him once in guy? Mandalorian and then he's just gone. But apparently he knows Carson. So if he doesn't show up, I'm a... I'm going to be upset. Yeah, because we definitely know he's serving with the Republic somewhere. Right. Why is he not with Hera? This is Zeb. I guess he, she didn't have time to call he's him. He's with Callus hey. somewhere. Yeah. Unless he's dead. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't agree with Maybe that. Maybe he's with Callus and Rex. Oh. Huh? Is he with, he's with Rex? Yeah. I'll accept that. Not they're dead. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess with dead. Star Wars, it's either they're on screen or they're dead, <laughs> or you you watch them die on screen and they're not really dead. Somehow, tech returned. Zeb's gonna show up. He sometime. has to. I'm. I have he hope. has to. If not Ahsoka, which I really wanted to be Ahsoka, because they talk. They've been talking about you know, Hera's been in it. Sabine's been in it. Ezra's been heavily mentioned. Zeb is the middle child mm. or the uncle. You pick. A lot yeah. of people go middle child. I feel he's more of the uncle. Yeah. But that crazy uncle that you're just super close with that mm-hmm. scares you. But you occasionally. Love him. <laughs> yeah. Occasionally. Not like you have a legitimate fear. You're just like, like, he's like crazy again. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you know a lot about guns and you know how to use them. And you're like this big animal. But he's my <laughs> uncle, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah i'm with him <laughs> basically yeah so yeah waiting on zeb okay score nerd alert yeah there's one part in the beginning you know the ship's broken and they're trying to figure out how to reach out to the new republic specifically Hera. He, they're trying to fix the ship as well the score that plays sounds so similar to plo Koon alone which is the clone war score which this is you know kevin the same composer so just that similarity mm. of them just being in solitude here and then that episode Plo Koon was with the clones, was alone. Mm. It it was just similar, which I don't know if that was intentional, but it's Kevin Kiner. It was there. Thought we so, wouldn't notice. But we, but did. we did. I didn't notice. That's cool. I can definitely see that parallel being made. Mm-hmm. Because it's Plo Koon and Ahsoka. Yeah. I have a thought. I have a question, actually, (gasps) about Huang. What is the purpose of him blinking? Have you noticed? Yeah, I have noticed. He blinks. You don't question it when you're watching it, but if you think about it, 
why is he blinking? What the heck? Yeah. Or he'll squint. Who programmed a droid like, yeah, and he's going to have to blink too. Well, he is a Jedi droid. Yeah, they're advanced. They have feelings. <laughs> Why would you give him that weakness of needing to blink? Well, I wonder if they made him more humanoid, like with those features, because he's working with all these younglings. Yeah. So maybe it's like... <laughs> they don't freak out. Yeah. <laughs> a droid. Well, I mean, if you have a droid like C-3PO, you're going to be like... You don't really heck? take those ones as seriously. That's true, yeah. Like the protocol droids. Mm-hmm. Ewing definitely, I mean, he's he's got sassy so, pants on. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that might come from working with children. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to have it. You got to outsmart those kids. <laughs> <laughs> Especially kids with lightsabers and force <laughs> sensitivity. <laughs> got to talk them out of a lot of things. <laughs> Whoa. No, you can't put that on your lightsaber. <laughs> Don't like that. <laughs> Don't like that. <laughs> I'm my dog. <laughs> I feel like that answer is way more than what you were asking for. No, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> he wings awesome. He totally is. And he knows what's up. Mm-hmm. The dude packs a punch. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, Jedi. Yeah, exactly. I was waiting for him to pull out, you know, the training lights. Yeah. Easy, you know, I was which too. they have no, you know, effect of mm-hmm. slicing people up. But I was waiting for him to like, you know, like that. Like General Grievous. Just scare him. (laughs) He's like, what are these big yellow things? (laughs) (laughs) He just charges at him. Exactly. That's what I was waiting for. I guess he's a little more serious than my mind would like. Yeah. Hewing's a cool dude. Cool droid dude. And then Balin. Oh my gosh. Balin's presence. Again, Mm -hmm. like we said throughout this whole show so yeah. far balin has a presence he and it's amazing it's it's really bittersweet too because mm-hmm. ray stevenson like i yeah. want to see so much more of balin's character like he just has so much depth to him that we don't know about mm-hmm. and like i just i just want to see like more of his performance because of that because definitely he's a great actor and it's great writing so mm-hmm. he was he's amazing I, don't, I feel like we say this every single time, but m- I want to see more of the relationship between him and Shin. Mm-hmm. And also, I guess we did see more of what he wants. Yeah. Kind of you talking about Balin and Shin's relationship. You you mm-hmm. could notice really heavily in this episode, because we've been talking about Morgan and Shin's relationship, mm-hmm. just how there's iciness between them. There's one scene specifically when she walks up. It's at the beginning. She's like, hey, we located Ahsoka and Sabine. They're about a dozen clicks out. And Balin's like, okay, good. Go, you know, kind of slow them down a little bit. And she's like beaming at him, just like, Mm. I did something good. He's happy with me. He's going to send me out. But then she goes and glances over at Morgan, and her face totally changes. And it's just like, and then there's this girl, you know? And she just like totally shuns her as she walks away. Just like we don't we don't know this history. Is there mm-hmm. nothing? Is it just because she's young, and she's just like you're not my master, so therefore we're cooler than you, you know? Yeah. Or if there's something deeper, because they really did highlight that Morgan was, you know, Dathomirian ancestry, Night Sister ancestry, and Shin did seem put off by that. Yeah, I wonder if it's any 
like jealousy sort of like mm-hmm. what you're talking about is her i guess having some sort of pride and being like oh we don't really need your help mm-hmm. why do we need you and then like what you said she's beaming at balin and being like i did something right i get the glory for that it's my i did that not you mm-hmm. and then them still needing help from morgan i guess for her yeah. would be like mm. or even vice versa morgan unspokenly treating shin as inferior compared yeah. to balin you know like the the adults are talking you mm. go you know do what your master tells you to do yeah there there's a lot of complexity there mm. the line though when they're about to you know download the coordinates to be able to make the jump and balin tells morgan we best get underway soon and she's like is that fear i detect in your voice mm. and he drops he's like experience yeah you're just like okay yeah. i i want more i'm very yeah. intrigued if i wasn't intrigued before now i'm very yeah. intrigued well i mean he was a jedi mm-hmm. he's a fallen jedi he, he is he knows what to expect from the padawan of anakin skywalker definitely and, the reputation and he's he he's catching on by now he knows mm-hmm. he knows who's coming mm-hmm. and you know who's facing off and you know mentally i had a thought uh-huh he says experience like he knows who's coming right yeah i mean he fled after order 66 or before after so he has experience with anakin coming after the jedi Perhaps. and he's being hunted by a jedi yeah like anyway. he he even said later on you know you're a part of a legacy of death and destruction so he sees Ahsoka as, you know, just directly tied to Anakin, which is actually something a lot like in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, mm. how, I almost said Moses Ingram, uh, what was her name? The, the third, third sister, Reva. Yeah. Reva. She tied Luke Skywalker directly to Anakin. Like, mm. I'm going to get revenge on Anakin by going after his son. Right. And, you know, going after Obi-Wan as well. Just anyone tied to him. So that's a lot like Balin here is he sees Ahsoka as a part of that. You know, yeah. you're you're a part of him because he taught you everything you know about being a Jedi. Yeah, and there's a part of him and you. Mm-hmm. So that line, you know, I, I, I have experience mm. and I know... You don't want to just stick around like, yeah, whatever. We're superior. Mm. We're going to beat him up. He's not all high and mighty. Like, he doesn't think so highly of himself. Not necessarily Sith, but just arrogant. Mm. He knows, I'm going to be smart in this situation and be a survivor. Not, you know, living in arrogance. Which is a lot like how the New Republic is acting with all these senators and things. Just like, whatever, we're on top right now. Balin is really a survivor. Yeah. It labeling Balin as a survivor is just another like parallel to Ahsoka as well. Mm-hmm. Just sort of, I guess we'll get more into that in episode five. But how we see Ahsoka in Rebels, like she's just well, I mean, she's not affiliated with anything. Same as Balin, like they're not a part of the New Republic. They're not a part of the mm-hmm. Rebel, re- the Rebellion. Ahsoka was, but. <laughs> Not a f- like with official title, I know. Right, you, I know what you mean. Yeah, and like they're they're almost like this separate plane. Mm-hmm. And with it's cool to see that parallel between the two. 
it's really shaky ground to be mm-hmm. force sensitive during yeah. this time just because no one regards you with the same level of authority yeah that they used to that and also like vader is probably still fresh in their minds the empire is still mm-hmm. fresh in their minds and that was led by two siths and i want to say not not everyone in general like the people mm-hmm. who care and who know you know who the jedi really right. are in the sith they do care about force sensitives but like the general new republic mm-hmm. people don't give a hoot yeah Your yeah thought? i mean it's kind of like there's they view them as citizens of the new republic and not as mm-hmm. them having a choice to not be that if that mm-hmm. makes any sense this isn't where episode five but like the parallels and similarities between ahsoka and balin just mm-hmm. like the son and the daughter yeah have you heard all those theories going around i've heard a lot of theories about anakin and ahsoka i've never i i haven't heard anything about balin being someone's the son. gonna be the son but i've i've always wondered that after the mortis arc in the clone wars yeah you had the father the son and the daughter who brought balance to the force and the father was very adamant about someone needing to rise to mm-hmm. replace him and so i i don't know why i said that so nerd like I felt like a nerd right now I, saying that. I thought this Hold on. Cool. <clears throat> I'm going to get into the cool podcaster mode. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> so like, oh, uh, no. That's Alarka. worse. That's worse. <laughs> That's worse. Hold the, on. Uh, Let Naboo, me just say it. The N1 Starfighter was crazy. Anyway, no. The no. E11. Eh, I just I just felt like I said that like a nerd, just like, and then that it, like I felt like putting an index finger up. <laughs> you and got like a tech moment. Saying it, yeah. Oh, I could just pretend to be tech. There you go. Yeah. Or nerdy like Nemec. Yeah, either that, one. That makes it better. That makes it better. <laughs> so the father was so adamant about someone to replace him, and Anakin was he rejected it mm-hmm. basically and was like, I don't want to be that. You know, he was so concerned with the galaxy he was living in, not the galaxy as a whole, but his world. You know, he had Padme. He had people he cared about. And even after the father had declared him as the one to bring balance to the force and take his place, he he turned away from that. And, you know, it ended with the father, the daughter, and the son mm-hmm. all dying. But that that really left off on was it necessary to have replacements hmm. you know have these super force sensitive beings rise would they just kind of would are there more out there you know things like that was was that the only yeah aspect of the force like that it's really cool i feel like we can talk more about this in episode five but just to get it yeah. out now it's cool to see i don't i've never heard theories about balin being the son i've seen ezra being the son as well it. really yeah um so i'm like i don't know about that i don't think so anyway (laughs) i heard like star killer was this oh that's cool yeah i could see that but talking about like those other beings and anakin rejecting being the father in the end i feel like he became all three Mm. because he had you know there's theories about him being 22 years in the light and 22 years in the dark so him being that balance in the force and him you know, he was in the world between worlds in episode five. So he's keeping the balance there. Yeah, which I, I do. I want to go further on that yeah. when we get to that. Yeah. Which uh, 
later on we're gonna kind of do a super deep dive into yeah. the world between worlds and what it really is you know and what it isn't mm-hmm. so i saw a clip of dave going around talking about it too that i watched yeah. i was like mm, that makes a lot more sense yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll break that down as well so with that whole theory about the father son and daughter i don't know if we'll ever have a closure to that mm-hmm. because the way mortis started and all throughout and ended was you know shrouded with this mystery right oh you know the force works in so many ways and you Mm -hmm. just you see that in the world between worlds and the abilities there there's just always new aspects of the force and i i like that it doesn't always come together you know like i fully understand it it just goes to show how mysterious the force actually is and i mean ahsoka said in rebels paraphrase just when you think you're starting to understand the force you find out how little you actually Mm. know yeah so just that just keeps growing and then you know the connection to animals and it's deepening in this galaxy to galaxy thing like we're gonna find out more mystery about you know are are there jedi there how are how are their their galaxies running is there tyranny and things like that we've talked about in some of the first episodes of ahsoka So moving away from, <laughs> I feel like we had our head up in the clouds yeah. of the the speculating mm-hmm. and theorizing. Going back to the episode, Ahsoka does confront Sabine, you know, saying, I know how much you care for Ezra. Right. But if the time comes and, you know, we're faced with the choice of finding Ezra or stopping Thrawn, we need to choose mm-hmm. to stop Thrawn. And, you yeah. know, she asks at some point in the episode, can I trust you? to mm-hmm. do that and Sabine says you know you can yeah <laughs> later she's like psych <laughs> yeah which is it is cool to see that in live action like we I feel like we always see how do I say this Sabine is always like an emotional character if that makes mm-hmm. sense but also like her grip to morality is her center and so like her morality is also based on the care she has for the people around her yeah and so her following her feelings essentially yeah a lot of it ties to her just being mandalorian yeah they can be emotional whirlwinds Mm -hmm. but they always have these high morals yeah the the morality that they go back to especially the children of the watch right you know this is the way with everything no matter how i feel this is what we got to do yeah and you could kind of see She's agreeing with Ahsoka, you know, her words are, yes, I'll, you know, you can count on me, but in her (laughs) mind, in her face, you can see the frustration of her probably thinking, why is this even an option of, you know, Mm -hmm. choosing between finding Ezra stopping Thrawn? You know, that's frustrating. Like, why can't it be both? Which is frustrating when you, you know, it comes down to it. She's like, I've I've been through so much in yeah. my life. He's the only family I feel like I have left because apparently something happened to her family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't I know, know what happened there. That was, That's old news. It was yeah. a whole no. week ago. <laughs> yeah. We've got way much cooler and bigger things on our mind. Yeah. Which... Not that the death of her family is cool, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Just that whole scene mm-hmm. of, you know, Balin's talking to her he kind of like 
totally probed her. He was like a thrawn yeah. thing. Like he he just knew or was he able to sense the mm-hmm. emotions and he's able to kind of put into words what her emotions are yeah she's feeling which kind of seemed to be bringing up ahsoka and sabine's past why they had originally split if it had anything to do with that i kind of my mind first went to night of a thousand tears yeah if they had died during that time which would timeline wise match up and how how sabine survived that yeah which I could I could see her surviving it just by staying on Lothal after the Battle of Lothal. But how how that would cause a rift between Ahsoka and Sabine, if that that's part of it. Yeah. How that all came about, which I feel like we'll start to get, especially after Ahsoka in the latest episode, you know, mm-hmm. so ready now to go save her Padawan that that, you know, all that stuff would just come out in the open and yeah. not, you know, beating around the bush with both of them. The part though when the droid the droid comes in is fighting Huang, you know, and he because he fixes the ship, but then he breaks the ship to you know warn them that <laughs> right. there's, there's yeah. droids here attacking. The way because you know Sabine's in there and is like, dang it, he made it worse, and Ahsoka's like, he no, wouldn't. he didn't. She just ignites the lightsabers that every so time cool. those lightsabers ignite. It's so cool. Also, that scene leading into them, you know, taking out the droids, fighting. You see a Mandalorian and a Jedi, a, a Sabine fighting, you mm-hmm. know, rolling around and just being Sabine. Yeah. It's just, it's so cool to see that mm-hmm. in live action. And I, I did, I, there was a point I wanted to bring up was Sabine fighting, even fighting Shin later on, compared to someone like Mando, Dinjarin. Yeah fighting you know she fights with a lot more finesse whereas he's more like come at Brawny. you know i'm wearing metal you yeah know? <laughs> well even same with Bo. like they both had different fighting styles yeah i mean Bo is definitely heavily she's got the shield she's got the dark saber yeah she twists around a lot mm-hmm. sabine she's like a roly-poly yeah agility flexibility mm-hmm. it's like the armor that she's wearing is nothing yeah you know what i mean and it might have to do with just her being female compared to Din Djarin, mm. who's a dude so it's just i really like how there's a big difference mandalorian to yeah. mandalorian how they fight and even you know what different what clans. clan you're raised yeah. by so it's it's just really cool to see that contrast after seeing mando you know a few months ago yeah going around you know just doing his gunslinger thing Whereas then you see yeah. Sabine, who's so closely tied to like the Rebellion and Mandalore and the Jedi, Jedi. to see her fighting style so much different. I really like that detail. Yeah, and even just seeing her fighting style being brought into live action as well. I remember specifically mm-hmm. like in Rebels, where she's like flipping around some Empire outpost or whatever, and she's like placing these bombs and basically being an acrobat mm-hmm. and you know getting ready to blow the place up <laughs> and then you see like you're talking about her agility and stuff in in live action it's like oh wow well, yeah that's being fighting that's yeah. her hewing though when you know they <laughs> he, they're like we're gonna go you know to this outpost that this imperial remnant has and then hewing you know has this moment like stay together and they're both like 
yeah, sure, of course we'll stay together, you know. As soon as they face Shin in Morocco, which I know we were struggling saying, we kept, we we're like, Merrick? Was it Merrick? Oh. So, um, like, 0. 0.2 seconds later, you know, Sabine just, like, veers off chasing Shin. <laughs> yeah. And I just started laughing. I was like, <laughs> it's like, you guys, stay together. Your and lesson has like, not been learned. Not even, like, unintentionally, accidentally separated. She's just like, yeah, yeah I'm going that way. Yeah. I mean, they weren't that far from each other, but they did separate. Yeah. And in the end, they did separate yeah. more severely, which comes up in the <laughs> next episode, yeah. which we'll get to. But then it, it cuts from that scene back to, not back to, but it goes to the New Republic. Mm -hmm. Hera's there like, yeah, I'm taking off. Jason. Jason. More Jason. I, yeah. I was perfectly okay with that little Me bit. Too. Actually, after the latest episode... I was no longer perfectly okay with the little bit. I was glad we got more of him. Yeah. But Hera's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not waiting around for clearance. I didn't yeah. get any. I'm going because she cares. And mm -hmm. Huang had said that in the latest episode five, you know, yeah. you do things because you care. That's yeah. why people like you. Yeah. Even though you get in trouble for it sometimes. Just that's, it's very much Hera, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, that's how the rebellion started too. Mm-hmm. And now, like, her finding herself rebelling against the things she fought so mm. hard for. And her yeah. maybe not even realizing, you know, like, I can't believe, you know, we fought so hard for this. And now I'm I'm dealing with this nitty-gritty detail. It kind of reminds me of the Bad Batch. Just sort of, like, they don't follow orders. <laughs> yeah. And Hera's have like... have we ever followed orders? Stop that. <laughs> I mean, Hera... Also, being from Ryloth and her dad being mm. Cham, Sindula, she's a freedom fighter. Exactly. So she has she grew that up with fight that. for freedom in her blood. Which I want to talk about that later on. Oh. In, in a certain episode, in a certain scene. You right. You right. Yeah. The ghost was beautiful in live action. That whole scene, I was just this ship is beautiful like because really you see is. it in animation and it was a pretty cool ship yeah but then seeing it in live action you're just it's it's like a millennium falcon scene you know whenever it han is. solo gets back in the millennium falcon he's like yeah this is this is home yeah this like seeing the ghost was like this this is the animated show that we all yeah. watched and loved like it's brought into live yeah. action it's just so cool and then carson teva i loved him being up there he, he's <laughs> up there in the <laughs> in space stars. flying i'm really liking his character development me as too he's going on because he just started in mando you know mm -hmm. just like oh he's just a new republic guy but he's he's coming into it more and more even how mando left off you know like yeah, yeah i'm gonna hire you on to do some jobs you know to din Djarin. so i really like his character development and how he's willing to break the rules for the greater good yeah also like he's not afraid to address problems too mm -hmm. like hey there's people here who are ready to like arrest us and suspend us i guess yeah so he's definitely aware of the decisions he's making but he's just like he's going to do the right thing no matter the outcome mm -hmm. and or no matter the consequence right and he's loyal to the people who know what the right thing is yeah so he like so he's he's loyal to Hera, and he was loyal to mando because he's like hey you're just a dad 
flying through the galaxy trying to do the right thing mm-hmm. yeah like in mando he had addressed like hey mm-hmm. you're the guy that we're chasing after that's doing right this. but also hey we noticed you know on this prison record what what you did mm-hmm. you know like we're gonna let you off the hook this time because he's realizing it might be good to have this mando roaming the galaxy yeah he's not all bad news yeah it is cool to see him in that environment with mando and him being the authority and then him being not that role in ahsoka yeah because he's around jedi and he's around hera who's a general exactly which just shows the complexity of the different layers of the people you know kind of like just that classic you have this big bad villain you know who's oppressing the good guys Mm -hmm. but then you go and turn around and they have a superior yeah kind of like darth vader yeah that's a classic you know he's all big and bad but he doesn't do well secret apprentice but he doesn't do anything (laughs) without palpatine's approval about things like do public things like that i think on on sados the planet that they're on the Mm -hmm. beautiful fall planet that was so that map and everything is is so pretty it is and you know it's kind of a given but they were talking about how complex it is to calculate jumping you know galaxy to galaxy that the coordinates for that Mm -hmm. you know it's it's a great detail and if you mess up by just you know one small calculation it's it's you know you could end up anywhere because Balin's questioning it like are you sure about this and she's like have faith and then right. he keeps dropping these lines he's like faith i lost that a long time ago mm-hmm. like okay another like if he's referring to the order a lot of jedi after order 66 realized like i was so blind and yeah we don't know if you know he was up until the last second you know committed to the order if he started realizing more you know dooku and of course, Anakin and Barriss Offie, something like that. So he just, if he's referring to that, I mean, that's a big thing for all Jedi. Your whole entire life totally shifted in an instant. And, you know, he, he even mocks Morgan for witchcraft. Mm. You know, she opens up the map and he's just like, witchcraft. Yeah. Like, I, I don't condone, which could be where Shin is getting it from, mm. too. It could have been, you know, prior they might have had discussions on this or experience yeah, with these things and just they don't condone it, which is just such a such a deep layer for, you know, Morgan and Balin get along relatively well. Yeah. You can see they're not, you know, the, they're not best buds, but they put all the differences aside mm-hmm. because they're like, hey, we're working together. We don't have anything worth fighting over but he still you know lets something like that slip out and he says it knowing you know she's not going to react to it also ahsoka's fighting style in yeah. this episode compared because usually you know ahsoka's known for using jarakai which is the art of two lightsabers but in this one she chose a different form of combat you know like hey can beat these guys with one lightsaber which i really like how she would she she studies maroc's stance and goes off of that like okay this is how he's gonna fight i know how to combat that very easily using this form of combat and she does the same thing for balin that whole fight was really cool and even 
like the use of the environment that they're in because ahsoka mm-hmm. she's really good at doing that and like bouncing off of walls and how yeah. she balances herself against a wall <laughs> there was <laughs> that on the rock um, when i just you know yell i am not crying. yeah because <laughs> she jumps up on a rock or something every time there's like remotely mentioned any kind of high ground i'm just like i have the high ground just like jumping up it cracks me up so that's what i did with this ahsoka episode that's what she learned from obi-wan yeah also the fact that for for a a bit of the fight she's using a reverse grip still she only has the one lightsaber but it's in the reverse grip because that's you know she's very comfortable with that i just i really really like how it's not just a consistent you know i got a lightsaber i got more like i got a glow stick a glow stick it's this not is my flashlight yeah. it's not like i have a glow stick which right you know it, it serves that purpose as well but just seeing the different forms just going to show she is a trained jedi yeah compared and so is Balin. Yeah. yeah compared to the four sensitives rising up post order mm-hmm. 66 which that's ezra bridger you know yeah which he he turned out to be a real one mm-hmm. so it's just, it's really cool to see these two Jedi, well, one being, for, well, both of them technically <laughs> being former Jedi, trained for this. And so just being able to match each other. Yeah. Which we were talking quite a bit about Ahsoka being able to easily best her opponents. Like we saw yeah. she took out Maroc easily. That was so cool. Which the dude... Kind of like it he reminded would, me of us talking about Tales of the Jedi. You know how I the thought the same were, like, thing too. Deflated. Yeah. This guy, the way he, the way he died and kind of like puffed out. Remind, yeah. It was so like Dathomirian. Yeah, I thought the same. Just with the smoke and things. So yeah. like, what was the t- it, for for Shin and Maroc to get along, and then for Morgan and Shin to not get along? If there's any Dathomirian connection, there would be. Yeah, I feel like Shin also gave a look after Maroc. Definitely. I don't know if that was like, oh my gosh, she already killed him, or like, why did he just? <sighs> yeah, like what's it? Maybe a bit of both. Yeah, and or realiz- realizing in that moment, she's like, I'm alone mm. now against two, two opponents. One I can hold my own against. The other one, she she knows a bit more yeah. than i do and realizing that it's kind of the end for her mm. if ahsoka engages yeah and then you know sabine of course <laughs> let's not stay together you know she tells yeah. ahsoka to go ahead and then shin you know instantly regains her confidence like oh i can totally take you out right yeah. now yeah and just that fighting and then her realizing sabine doesn't have the force and just says straight up you have no power because yeah. to her to have power is to have this ability mm. and you know Balin had already promised her when we find Thrawn we're gonna have power such as you've never dreamed so that's the forefront of her mind right now and also just you know what marks you as important I guess mm-hmm. if you don't have the power you're, you're nothing right so that's very important so she you know tears up sabine which i love the scene after she you know sabine you know reaches out 
to attempt to use the force but doesn't even the fact that shin flinches you know like oh i'm gonna get whacked against a tree or something right now <laughs> but when you know sabine uses her, her mandalorian tricks yeah you know goes straight back to to that episode of rebels in season three trials of the dark saber when you know she's first learning to use the dark saber and is having problems and then she gets the mandalorian tricks used to defeat the jedi in the the wars between the jedi and mandalorians and how you know she uses them and totally catches her off guard but then kanan you know is like history lesson the jedi won the war just like how those won't always save her but she still is mandalorian yeah and uses it and totally catches shin off guard so but the fact that she didn't use it just like as her first you know like yeah resource she, it was only once she had nothing else i'm disarmed i'm on the ground this is what i got yeah okay but also the part where morgan and balin you know they're just chilling there you know waiting for the map mm-hmm. to download the map. The map. i'm the map but morgan tells balin you know i'm going back you know to get things ready mm-hmm. protect the map she says that like knowing the inevitability of moroccan shin's failure <laughs> like they can only hold them off for so long so you're, you're your gonna life. have to protect the, yeah. the map when they fail e. and then you know okay so then ahsoka comes she doesn't know what she's gonna expect when she gets to where they're at yeah. she's just heard of imperial activity she knows that they have the map and that they're trying to find Thrawn, but she doesn't know balin mm-hmm and so the fact, you know, just going back that he knew her from the mention of her name. Yeah. Just like, I know exactly who that is. And his, his, I picture him standing there because, you know, he's, he's standing there the whole time. But then he's like, oh, Ahsoka's coming. Let me let me sit down all creepy like and throw my hood up, you know. Got to have the entrance with the hood. <laughs> she walks up and he's just chilling there. And, you know, the first thing, Anakin spoke highly of you. And then classic Ahsoka remark, funny, he never yeah. mentioned you. Yeah. And so, you know, him just kind of letting on this history of who he is. And, you know, everyone in the Order knew Anakin Skywalker, if you live to see what he became. He's messing with her mind, which we talked about in, you know, our last episode reviews of Ahsoka, that she has no problem besting her opponent's you know, in the combat, because usually you don't say anything, it's just fighting. And we said, you know, what will have to catch her off guard is words and men- yeah. me- messing with her past. And so, you know, he's just, he's taking these jabs at her, you know, just throwing her off guard right before they begin fighting. Yeah. He's playing on her own fear, mm-hmm. too. Like, she's afraid of becoming like her master Mm -hmm. and he even but he even kind of you know stabs at her like when he says few lived to see what he became yeah like like, is that why you left him right Uh, sorry i mean abandoned him yeah you know just kind of stabbing like you left him that's why he became that you're a part of that legacy yeah so then when they go to fight she's she's angry you know which Mm -hmm. unsettles a jedi or any light side user. Yeah. Or she's just so motivated to show him that she's not like Anakin mm-hmm. or Vader. 
and trying to be because she you know she tries to shut it down i'm mm-hmm. not here to discuss my past and yeah. you know they kind of change the subject for a moment where she's you know questioning why are you after this why are you trying to find right. thrawn and you know he's like the only reason i'm here is to secure the future mm. and she you know asks for you he's like something far greater and you know she replies ambitious he's like necessary so he he has no doubt in his mind what he's doing yeah He's very confident in his choices and sees he's almost we don't know exactly what it is he wants yet, but he almost seems blinded by this like possibility of something. Yeah. Which we don't know exactly what it is yet again, which can't be good because he's using these crazy methods. Yeah. And even from Ahsoka's point of view too, like she doesn't quite know what she's after. Mm-hmm. Like, she knows what she has to do. Like, she knows she has to stop Thrawn because if she doesn't, that means another war. She's always been a soldier, mm-hmm. right? And so that that's the natural order of what she's supposed to do as a soldier is to stop another war or, or to fight in one. Yeah. And I guess we'll get more into episode five with that mentality. But she loses that fight. Mm-hmm. And that's a big toll. Definitely. And a part of it, as it goes on, they're swinging, fighting, Mm -hmm. you know, before they even start fighting, he mentions like, Thrawn's going to start another war. That's, yeah, that's not going to be me. But you got to destroy in order to create. And then she draws the lightsaber. And so then Mm -hmm. they're fighting. And, you know, he says, your legacy, like your masters, is one of death and destruction. And that really puts her over the edge where, you know, she's just yelling as she's swinging and just you, yeah you can feel the anger of just trying to reject that yeah but it's hard for her to have a physical and mental battle at the same time yeah so that's what basically you know puts her over the edge she grabs at the map burns her hand and then she's in the position you know she's at the edge of the cliff mm-hmm. so she was she was really going through it in that battle yeah that's what that's what did it and Balin knew that's what he had to do to overcome her because he knew she's very strong in combat Mm -hmm. and she could probably beat me if she was focused so i need to catch her off guard to secure his victory yeah which also like it's not just balin knowing the reputation of ahsoka tano but it's also like his ability to tap into other people's feelings and to sort of be like empathetic or being an empath Mm -hmm. um which that's like a force Thing, right being an empath type thing is being able to feel people's emotions more easily yeah i mean there's definitely like some force sensitive they definitely have different abilities mm-hmm. stronger in some areas than others that's why they're kind of section off a bit i don't know why what came to the forefront of my mind was the healers you know mm-hmm. if you're gifted in healing or you know being a jedi seeker going out and finding force sensitives right. to bring them in there's just there's a lot of different aspects and Balin does definitely seem to have that ability to reach into people's emotions and right. gather their thoughts that mm. they're having and yeah. he uses it you know in in Ahsoka's case he used it against her to yeah. beat her and then he used it with Sabine to get her on his side mm-hmm. this was a very tense episode it was it, which I, I I almost forgot to say this but this is the first time in a while I was watching something. I say the last time was probably Bad Batch. 
I was watching one of the Star Wars shows and I was like on the edge of my seat leaning yeah. forward like yeah oh, I just gotta breathe through like what the heck is happening mm-hmm. what is going on with Ahsoka because she's really struggling and she gets to a point to where when she sees Shin come up you know she just totally lifts her and throws her against a rock you know you see that kind of like the dark side coming out in her yeah. just because she's getting so desperate and she doesn't know where sabine is because at that point when shin came back she's like where's sabine because that means you know one only one of them would come back most likely and so it was just it was just a huge moment and then she finally sees sabine you know tells her to destroy the map which she doesn't Mm -mm. this is so crazy from sabine's perspective like balin shoves ahsoka off cliff (laughs) And then turns and is like, but I'm, I'm going to help you. Like, she's so desperate to find Ezra that she's willing to make herself believe that Balin has her best interests at heart. And, you know, kind of sees like, you know what? You're go- you guys are going to go find Thrawn. And last I saw, Ezra was with Thrawn, so he's probably still with mm-hmm. them. And she probably has no idea what... It's going to happen when she finds him, you know, because they aren't going to be like, okay, you two can go. She doesn't care about that. She just wants to find Ezra. And so that really clouded her judgment in this scenario. The fact, though, after, you know, Sabine agreed and gave Balin the map, how Shin instantly just like starts force choking her. Yeah. Shin is nuts. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm really interested to see where her character goes. Mm -hmm. Which, like, is it too late? Was she so, you know, indoctrinated by Balin that she just, you know, there's no turning back. But I I mean, I I think there's always a light side in everybody. Except Palpatine. He was weird. (laughs) But um, that hyperspace ring, making that jump. That was so pretty yeah so um, cool and intense not just yeah intense oh, that's yeah. what i'm going for is indestructive that that feeling of when they're prepping to take off they go to make the jump i just had this feeling of like they're going to another galaxy yeah like this is huge mm-hmm. just as a star wars fan as you know a rebels fan of you know you you've it's been so long since ezra took off on a burgle with ron yeah for them to be traveling and then the unknown for them as well because they have no idea what they're going to find when they get to the end of the coordinates. Just this this whole feeling of something is coming, something's happening. Yeah. We don't know yet. It's a mystery. Is awesome. It's so exciting. Even at the end of episode five, you know, when Ahsoka goes to ride off with the Purgle, the score to go with it, like mm-hmm. Ahsoka's new score, it also plays at the end credit gives this feeling of embarking on a journey yeah which is you know really what ahsoka is about right Mm -hmm. now that's that's the the overarching theme is taking this journey to go stop thrawn and find ezra but just the score goes so hand in hand with everything going on it's really really cool really excited just for the last three episodes and the jump because it wasn't just a normal hyperspace yeah. jump. It was a big jump. And you could yeah. see 
this was definitely different. Going further does look different in terms of what you see jumping to hyperspace yeah. and just how big the jump was that it had an impact on the ships. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me of, um, what are the things called that make the really cool sound out of Boba Fett's ship? Seismic charges? Yeah, it kind of reminded me of that the oh. first time I watched it because I was like, what's about to happen? There's no other sound in all of Star Wars that, that is, is more satisfying than a seismic charge. Nothing. The part when, you know, Jason says the, cla- well, he doesn't say the full line, but he's right. like, mom, I've got a bad feeling. Yeah. I actually really liked that it wasn't the iconic line. It separated him from everyone else. Everyone else because he is force sensitive. You know who the cool kids are. Yeah. They don't finish the whole quote. <laughs> well, it it just draws more attention to the fact that he has a bad feeling mm-hmm. rather than it's just a general saying like, oh, definitely. No. Which I can't wait to talk about him in the next mm-hmm. episode. Well, we're transitioning there now. Yeah. Because this goes hand in hand. Ahsoka, that that transition from the cliff edge it was to so the world clean. between worlds. It was too clean. I was there like, oh. It was like, she in the water? Oh, no, wait. Wait. What? <laughs> yeah. I think that's what was so awesome about the transition was we were so confused at first yeah. before realizing what we were looking at. Yeah. But as soon as it got closer to Ahsoka, it was just like, no, wait, no, there's stars. Nope, I know where this is. Yeah. And the fact that she she woke up there and hay snips. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and then he just says, I didn't expect to see you so soon. <laughs> the, the fact <laughs> when it ended, because you, you Ahsoka's beaming. Yeah. Ahsoka's beaming, but then you hear darth vader's breath and then ends vader's theme yeah not imperial march it's vader's theme. yeah and it was like uh because everyone's all happy and then you're like uh oh <laughs> well <laughs> next week can't come any faster <laughs> which i have a lot to say about anakin and vader yes just because or we talked about it a little talked about it a little bit but he, anakin is vader and vader is anakin there's like there's not really any separation from that. Yeah. And I think we see that a lot in this episode because in episode five, because like you see him with Sith eyes and you see him having a lot more of a darker tone and then you see him all like happy and like, hey, Snips, I'm going to teach you a lesson. Yeah. I'm going to switch my notes. <laughs> I, was, I was on episode four. Let's go to episode five. It, five. Part five, Shadow Warrior. Watching this episode the first time, because cause I was lucky enough to go see it in theaters, me and my sister Haley. Oh my gosh. Never, I, I don't mean to brag, <laughs> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. Brag all you want. No, no, no. I, I feel really, really bad. Uh, Ruby had work. I did. I really wanted to go, <laughs> but I couldn't get it off. But I, I feel like this is going to totally rub it in. But never in my life did I think... I would get to see Hayden Christensen mm. in Star Wars, something new on the big screen. Yeah. Like that was, that was amazing. Yeah. And it's Hayden Christensen. Yeah. He, his performance, his, he's Anakin. And, I mean, and just as much as Matt Lanter is Anakin. Yeah. It never left him. He knows how to be Anakin. Mm-hmm. 
in his movements, even in things like there was one part, I'm, I'm skipping to this, but then I promise we're going to go through in order. There was one part, he's coming at Ahsoka. Yeah. And he does and, the thing. Uh, no, not that not part. Not that one? Not that part. Um, He's coming oh. at Ahsoka. It's after the Siege of Mandalore scene. And he's like, time to die kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He's got the red lightsaber. They're back in the world between worlds. And he kind of does this thing with his shoulders. He rolls them forward, yeah. like about to fight. That's Anakin. Like, yeah. Revenge of the Sith, Anakin all the way. Yeah. It's just crazy. It was so cool to see like just talking about Anakin and his fighting style but to see that just again yeah. and in this against Ahsoka yeah it's just crazy and their fighting styles are very different too mm-hmm. and to think Anakin taught her it's just cool to see that parallel which goes to show like even if you have a Padawan it doesn't mean they're gonna have the same fighting style mm-hmm. as you because Every Jedi will tend to favor, you know, they'll get their group. Kind of like if, yeah. if you're right-handed or left-handed. Except in this, there's many more variations. Just, you know, finding that groove, what works mm-hmm. well for you. And being a Jedi, it's good to practice all the forms. But there, you definitely are going to favor some more than others. My first note for episode five is Chopper not being as feral yet right <laughs> like we haven't seen him commit murder yet yeah i'm waiting for a war crime yeah. i am waiting and the part you know because Hera, she's coming out of the ship inspecting making sure there's mm-hmm. no danger and so then jason is like can i come out she's like yeah keep chopper with you we're like yeah you sure like, yeah oh. keep an eye on chopper is, is yeah. what she should have said which is kind of sweet because mm-hmm. you see chopper being the droid that he is he has a soft spot for Hera. Of course he's going to have a soft spot for Jason. Yeah, every time I see Chopper acting nice or <sighs> sweet, it takes me back to the episode right after Kanan had died. Mm. You know, and Chopper's there. He's holding Hera's hand, you know, yeah. and he's just by her side the entire time. And so it's like this is a lot. Like You see that with Jason is... Yeah. This is a part of Hera and a part of Kanan. I may have, you know, he, he loved to tease and make fun of Kanan. But, you know, you just, you really see that in Chopper. He's like, I got a soft spot for this kid. Yeah. I'm going to be his buddy. And although that's just because he has a soft spot for Jason does not mean that he's going to bring along. Like, I feel like Ch- Chopper would 100% bring Jason along to commit war crimes. Oh, definitely. And if, you know, as Jason gets older, that might become more of a thing. It's harder, though, like, let's say Chopper makes some rude remark at Jason. It's kind of at this moment uncalled for because yeah. of just Jason's personality. Yeah. it Like, Ezra, there was there was so many opportunities yeah. that he gave. And same with Zeb and, you know, Sabine and all the rest of them. But Jason's a little different mm-hmm. and just so sweet. Yeah. Just because this is this is how the episode starts out, you know, Hera's mm-hmm. looking around the planet, <laughs> you see the broken map, and it must be so chilling for her to not know where any of them went, yeah. especially Ahsoka and Sabine, because, you know, she came in right in the heat of the battle and have, hasn't heard anything, yeah. so just like, okay. And then finding Hugh Wang holding Sabine's helmet over yes. a cliff. Hugh Wang is so dramatic. She's I like, I told them to stay together, but they never listen. 
they never listen. You're just like, you're right, Huey. They don't listen. Droid making me feel bad. (laughs) Stupid droid. Stop that. Yeah, but then, you know, for Hera, she's just like, what What happened? Because, you know, he's holding Sabine's helmet. Just a lot of concern rising there. And also, just like, so much love to Mary Elizabeth Weinstead for portraying Hera like that. And just like, her facial expression and like you can see it in her eyes too just mm-hmm. like the fear she got from seeing Hugh Wang and hearing him say that is like what are you talking about what are you and then even like how she treats Jason too like she doesn't guard him from danger a hundred percent of the time like okay this place is clear now you can come out yeah especially because you know, she could just be like, whatever, whatever. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm busy. The adults she are listens. talking. You know, because at first, you know, he's like, mom, and she's, you know, not now. But then he says again, yeah. there, you need to come here. There, there's something in the yeah. water. And so then she kind of is like, okay, which kind of gives a hint of maybe he's grown up and has done things like this. Not to mm-hmm. this level. Yeah. But she might be catching on like he's got some of his father in him for sensitive wise <laughs> and you know just to hear like do you hear the water and she's like what are we listening for she takes the time not like mm-hmm. she's like okay you know what i'm gonna take a piece of my time and listen for what it is he's trying to say yeah and as soon as he says there's lightsabers you know she's instantly like okay you have my attention and then yeah when she hears it you know she's instantly like you know, that's it. That's what we're looking for. Yeah. At least that's it. There's a clue to where we need to. Mm-hmm. It's where we need to be looking. And just, you know, taking that time, it just goes to show the bond that her and Jason have. Mm-hmm. They're not separate or distant yeah. in any way. And even when right after that, she starts delegating, like, Carson, go do this. Hewing, do this. Yeah. She de- takes the time to tell Jason, hey, good job exactly and it, it wasn't like i'm your mom i'm proud of you it's like good job like you you did it yeah this, this is what we're here for and yeah you figured it out yeah like like he's on par with all the other rebels there i love how behind carson was though because he's like <laughs> all of a sudden we're here trying to figure out what to do to where yeah now we're like sweeping over the ocean trying to find yeah. something so and it's the- like genuinely what's going on yeah. here and then he weighing all like Jason is a special kid. He has abilities. His father was a Jedi. And he says his father, Kanan Jarrus. Yeah. Which finally we hear yes. that guy's name. It's about Like time. he was a Jedi and Carson just, okay. Yeah. Like. Nothing sh- new. That's chirp, whatever. Sure. We're Go basing. We're basing this whole mission off of some ability. Mm-hmm. Which he might not fully get. But he's like, okay. Yeah. Which goes to show, he might he might not have a lot of experience with Jedi, you know yeah. they haven't been around for a while, so for one to pop up, it's so mystical. Yeah, for him just be like, yeah, all right, <laughs> I'm just gonna go along for the yeah. ride. I feel like Carson really represented in that moment all of the people who haven't watched Rebels, <laughs> like oh, Kanan Jarrus, Jedi, sure, Jason's father, okay, cool, yeah, makes the sense. whole theater Star Wars. was laughing at that part. Just so, okay. <laughs> Which did you see? Speaking of Kanan, the photo that I didn't Hera see the photo. has by and the cockpit. Oh my! Gosh. I didn't see the photo. You didn't? No, you didn't. 
I'm gonna have to go back and watch. I've seen pictures of it, but I myself oh. have not seen it in the episode. Yeah, it's in the cockpit of the ghost. Okay. I love Jason's little shoulder pauldron or armor yeah. piece. Yeah. It's the cutest little it's thing. Kanan. It's Kanan. It's a piece of Kanan. I also really love how Jason isn't clueless about anything that has happened before him exactly like he knows who ezra is he knows mm-hmm. who ahsoka is he knows who sabine is and Which, chopper and hera because there's there's no reason for Hera to be like no i'm not gonna share that story you know right we don't we don't talk about the jedi you know mm-hmm. this is her kid this is the last bit of canaan that she has mm-hmm. you know so she just you know she poured so much into jason and then telling him the stories of ezra and how he's out there and how brave his father was and you know having a picture there as a reminder of your father's still with us just i i love jason and Hera, their duo yeah anyway we we kind of skipped ahead a bit we didn't get to the (laughs) the world between worlds scene (laughs) where we left off okay so ahsoka she she you know finds realizes okay I've I've seen this place before, mm-hmm. the world between worlds, and based off what Dave Filoni, like what exactly is the world between worlds? I have a, a quote from him, his explanation. So I'll just read it. It's pretty simple. Dave Filoni is good at explaining complex things. He I mean his children's shows. His ideas are complex, but they're not complicated. Yeah. So here we go. This will kind of this. Because I, I had seen this. He's explained this before Ahsoka had even come out. And so then mm-hmm. watching it with this in mind, you're like, that's exactly what he made it to be. So this is Dave Filoni. He said, the world between worlds is not about time travel. It's just about a place where everything comes together and you hear different things echoing throughout time because it's all fluid in that moment. It's not a material thing. It's linear. Everything is occurring all the time. I don't know how real it actually is. I don't want to define that for people anyway. But it's not this place of gateways and doorways that you just go in and out of. Now Ezra can pull Ahsoka in that world. But remember, she's smart enough to know that she can't leave that world through his door. She'll be destroying the natural balance and order of things. She has to go back from where she came. It's not this system of doorways, like you're on an elevator getting off on different floors and times. It's more like what the wolf tells Ezra. It's more about the knowledge, knowledge that you can use for your benefit of good or knowledge that will lead to destruction. That's what it's about. But it is not my intention that it gives you this ability to walk through into somebody else's world. So that's what Dave Filoni explained it as, Mm -hmm. which makes sense because Anakin had used this trip for Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. You know, I was learning she was becoming younger versions of herself revisiting her past which was still it was like older ahsoka inside there mentally just physically she was younger and like in the past some jedi have entered the world between worlds without even realizing it like ezra in the earlier seasons of rebels like he went to the the temple on lethal and he had gone into the world between worlds and didn't realize where he was he just he was just surrounded by stars right and there wasn't much like form to this place but he was able to talk with master yoda Mm -hmm. who at the time was still alive he's on dagobah so yoda knew yoda knew how to enter this which you know yoda became very in tune with 
the force the cosmic oh. force yeah so it would make sense that he, he knew about a place mm-hmm. like this so ezra had gone there without realizing it and he had gone there again at another time without realizing it but at the t- when the time came that he knew he had an idea of this this place this world between worlds yeah. and he had you know opened a doorway to it and had physically gone in there he knew you know what it was and that's why he was able to see these these different points in time and was able to find ahsoka and then you know find the time where his master you know had died it's it's really goes deeper too just how palpatine had wanted this power and how much did palpatine know about the world between worlds because you can very easily break you know time if you're you know entering through one doorway and going out another and you know changing things it would you know destroy yeah the whole the whole world that sounds very dramatic but i mean like all the points in time you know time travel wise it would break time well even like in dave's quote he is talking about like it the purpose of the world between worlds is basically to gain knowledge mm-hmm. and like we know knowledge is power we see that a lot in star wars too is sort of the the passing on of knowledge from apprentice or from master to apprentice or master to padawan mm-hmm. so palpatine wanting to be in the world between worlds to gain knowledge so maybe like figure out oh let's do this instead of this so i can be more powerful or let's get this apprentice instead of this apprentice one question i have though is is it possible to misuse the world between worlds and enter into a different time you know like palpatine he might have been like whatever and just like gone into a different time Mm. period because Mm. i mean his his ultimate goal was finding immortality and so I could right. see him using the world between worlds to try to gain, you know, knowledge of how to do that. And like, how, if you stay in the in the world between worlds, what happens to you? Like, if you just stay in there and you don't go back to where you came from or yeah. go to another place, what happens? Yeah, as like, do you age? as a force sensitive, you could probably be there forever. Hmm. You know, because you're. I would say you're there more mentally than physically, which is also complex because I, I Ezra was definitely there physically when he had gone gone there. But and then like Ahsoka, you know, for instance, she she was physically there because Jason could hear the lightsabers right. and he could hear Anakin as well. Which it's just it's very complex. It's it's a force thing you leave it at that it's a force thing you don't question it i like how it's linear too like Mm -hmm. it's not we have to go to this point to get to this point no it's 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 all here exactly it's it's like the jedi archives it's (laughs) It's like a a library way bigger do you think that's where the force ghosts are or are they just like Like chill in there I feel yeah. like you'd see more i don't know why my mind went like haunted mansion i just pictured them all like <laughs> dancing around yeah. the world between worlds i feel like the force ghosts go wherever they're not necessarily needed but where they 
you don't want to be they just exist also like living like the living can't really see them but they could manifest themselves Mm. you know in a physical appearance they're just blue and transparent so like kind of like they're always there they're a part of the cosmic force gotcha which raises a question of anakin like how how there was he yeah to to be able to he wasn't blue yeah he wasn't blue um he was able you know to fight ahsoka so he's not you know transparent he could be touched you know physical. he had a he had a gravity tangible yes he's physical he's there with bones and hair <laughs> with right. bones because there's theories going around like was he a force ghost mm. i mean i've even heard some of he's like the gatekeeper in the world between yes yeah. which i i kind can't of. see him being like a gatekeeper subjected to this like yeah this is where you gotta be because you know we saw in return of the jedi at the very end you know the ewok party he had appeared and was beside obi-wan and yoda and and he's even to get nitty-gritty he's wearing like more traditional jedi robes that's true like the the light tan and then the Mm -hmm. robe whereas in this he's wearing the revenge of the sith attire which could be more so like, you know, you appear to whoever you, right. when you manifest yourself, it might be like, this is the the appearance they know or would expect. Mm. Yeah. The force has taste in clothing. The and force it got changes style. with the season. That Let's just sense. go with that. Those robes were so last season. It's time yeah. for you to, to go back. You know, the vintage revenge is this, you know you you turn to the dark side you look great you look great <laughs> doing it we're gonna do that again just okay the fact that ahsoka seeing anakin there as you know the anakin that she knew mm-hmm. there was no like in that moment like a fear of like oh no you turn to the dark side what is this when i'm here it was just purely you're anakin yeah you look the same, which we had seen Ahsoka with Luke in Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. So I could see, you know, him explaining he turned, you know, he came back, he regretted everything he did. And, you know, I saw him as a horse ghost. Who knows how much Luke told her, but yeah, I would assume he'd definitely say he turned back to the light. Yeah. And so, you know, she's there at first just like, I, I kind of know where I am obviously i have no idea how i got here where i'm at and then you know because she's even asking like what what happened how did i get here i don't remember and then she's you know kind of recalling what what had happened and you know he's like oh there's hope for you yet right she then asked kind of why are you here Mm -hmm. why am i here why are you here and he says to finish your training (sighs) yeah it just calls back again to their relationship especially for new viewers too it was like i trained you like Mm -hmm. i taught you everything you know about being a jedi also also the first line where she you know she Mm -hmm. sees anakin she's like you haven't changed he's like you look old yeah you know just very light-hearted anakin which which is what led to her you know what happened and even hayden calling her snips oh my god like it's hayden saying that so, you know, he says, I'm here to finish your training, you know, and she's kind of like, 
what's the lesson? He's live or die. Yeah. When he ignites the lightsaber and it's it's blue, it's Anakin. Yeah. The way the music like rose with the lightsaber igniting, beautiful. Chills. Chills. <laughs> Chills. Yeah. I also thought like live or die. I thought of victory or death. Only a Sith deals in absolute death. Yeah. I thought victory and death too. Okay. Anakin's very intense. So, you know, he says live or die. You know, she's all of a sudden, you know, goes from like, oh, what what are you going to teach me? Force ghost man to like, <laughs> oh my goodness, he has a lightsaber in his hand. And so then, you know, her first reaction is, I won't fight you. And when he's, I've heard, I've that, heard before. that before. Because that's what Luke said when he, in Return of the Jedi, was fighting Vader. You know, he had to face up and I have to face my father. I have to face Palpatine. The only way I can become a Jedi is by doing that. But he does the same thing. He tells Vader, I won't fight you. You're my father. Hmm. Paraphrased. And now Ahsoka's saying that. He's like, I've heard that before. And then keeps fighting. But I was thinking of earlier in Return of the Jedi when Luke had come and told, like, the first time he turned himself into Vader and is like, there's good in you. I, I know mm-hmm. there is. And then Vader says, Obi-Wan once thought as you did. You know, kind of like just recalling, like, this. it's not the first time he said stuff like that. Like, yeah, I've heard that before. So he, he poetry, it's poetry. Yeah. That's my whole point is, it's so poetic. It's like poetry. It rhymes. Yeah. Even like the struggle Luke was going through in the Empire Strikes Back of when he's on Dagobah with Yoda and he goes into the cave and he sees himself as Vader. Mm-hmm. And then we see that paralleled with Ahsoka here where she's she's the one who's received all that training from Anakin, from Vader. Yeah. And so she, in some aspects, is more prone to become like him. And then Luke, obviously being blood, is also... And so them both sharing that fear of becoming like Anakin. Yeah. They both have to deal with that. And so. Definitely. And then both having to come to accept that they're a part of that legacy no matter what. Yeah, exactly. Like, because Luke's legacy, like you're saying, is really, I brought my father back to the light. Mm -hmm. Whereas Ahsoka's now dealing with, I was a part of leading to anakin's downfall Mm -hmm. and she partly blames herself because she left him she was there you know they were in battles day in and day out and you know she she struggled with that that's not the first time and so you know they're fighting she's holding her own against it because she's kind of forced into it but it kind of starts out as like this training exercise you know they're fighting lighthearted. there's Mm -hmm. no like we are battling life or death right now it's more like you know, just combat like the masters and Padawans would do on the training grounds. And so then she's like, hey, it looks like you taught me everything. I don't need to know anything else. And he's yeah. like, I haven't taught you everything. Mm-hmm. Breaks the floor. That was such an Anakin. Dramatic move. Anakin. Yeah. What is a, a hanging out with Anakin if you're not falling? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> There was a lot of falling in Clone Wars. <laughs> I just pic- picture them jumping off the wall. With Rex? When they, yeah, they throw Rex over. When she comes Speaking to... Books. She's baby! <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Because you see her, you're like, 
this is young Ahsoka. And then you see a clone run by yeah. from like this yeah. beautiful and then another one. Yeah. And then, and then you're one, like, and you're just wait like, a minute. Is that blue on them? No stinking way. And then you hear Anakin and the lightsaber yeah. run past the way it was done so well. And even everything around, like they're in the middle of battle, it's blurry. But also this blurriness of like, this isn't entirely like mm-hmm. reliving the full experience. Right. You know, this is just part of Ahsoka's memory. And it's, you know, the older version of herself in her younger form. And she, you know, she looks around. She, you know, like is calling to Anakin. And she's like, this is the Clone Wars. <laughs> and like in that moment everyone screamed right and then he just yeah no kidding yeah and so oh my gosh and so i just had to get that out we might have you know sudden outbursts yeah but when she asked she asked what are we doing here why are we here we're just Mm -hmm. in the world between worlds like she's aware she just came from something like why why are we here yeah and he's like you tell me you know kind of just taking a step back like I'm following you yeah. on your journey here. I'm here to help and guide you, but I'm not calling all the shots. Yeah, which I feel like a lot of Anakin's teaching had been like that, is sort of like having a very loose grip on Ahsoka mm-hmm. with war and with teaching her how to be tough, not necessarily like emotional mm-hmm. things, but definitely trusting her to fight mm-hmm. and survive. And definitely with this episode, specifically this arc going back to the clone wars because yeah I, there's a lot of indications that this was the battle of ryloth yeah because, because i mean you see you see the twi'leks yeah <laughs> and you know she says this was one of our first battles mm-hmm. in the clone wars which that was one of the first you can find it season one it's a it's a three episode arc i want to say it's 19 20 21 that's my guess which is a really, really good arc. And it was the one where, you know, Ahsoka was tasked with leading. Okay, and so she's she's leading this, this airstrike team. And, you know, she takes it too far. She doesn't retreat when Anakin tells her to. And she loses yeah. most of the men. And so she was really run down about that. And so then, you know, just going on to have this conversation with Anakin, you know, we lost so many men, you know, like, I made a mistake, and I almost said Hayden. Anakin's, like, as Jedi in the war, you know, our our job is to lead them. It doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. Yeah. So, and she's just questioning the point of all of it. Like, these mistakes aren't just like, oh, no, I'll, I'll do better next time. It's like, it's costing lives. And to her, that's, that's very important because, I mean, a lot of... A lot of people didn't see the clones, you know, as true people, yeah. you know, just because they were clones. But the Jedi who fought beside them every single day and, you know, lived through all these battles really, really saw them, you know, f- for what they really were. They really were people. I mean, Pong Crow, <sighs> that guy, he didn't. <laughs> we don't like that guy. No. But especially Anakin and Ahsoka and Obi-Wan, really, they really saw the clones as people. And Yoda as well. Mm-hmm. He's a really good example of that in, like, the first episode of The Clone Wars. So, yeah, just going back to such a big event 
in the Clone Wars such such a good arc. And I mean, the repercussions of this battle, you know, they had freed Ryloth from the Separatist activity yeah. and Hauser came in, you know, and set up to ensure that the Separatists wouldn't come back, you know, and, you know, that Hera grew up on this planet. So like, right. they're so closely tied without realizing it. And then you see Ahsoka and Hera older, mm. And they're, you know, they're so close working together. It's just, it's, it's so cool to see. And this definitely, for me, tied together young animated Ahsoka with Rosario Dawson. Yeah, it did for me too. Just the going back and forth was just like, wow, this, this is Ahsoka. And same with Hayden. Like, he runs up and he's wearing Anakin's armor. Yeah. He's got the red sleeves. And short hair. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It was just like, that's them. crazy. Yes, this is them. And just talking and then Ahsoka goes up to the one clone, you know, and just Mm -hmm. puts her hand out, you know. And even how he grabs her hand, too. Mm -hmm. And it's not just Ahsoka feeling for the clones, but it's the clones' affection for their generals and their commander. And Mm -hmm. that was really cool to see portrayed it really was it rex the background phase one <laughs> when i first saw I, him in the phase one you're oh just my like, gosh ah. oh right i thought about that too like in that first scene when they're you know with ahsoka and the clones i was like wait a minute that's that's phase one mm-hmm. and then you see it in phase two and i was like that, that's that's really really cool how dave yeah, decided like, to do that as well two different events mm-hmm. and it's the same Clone Wars. Yeah, attention to detail. There's, you know, there's probably a good three years gap in between Mm -hmm. these two times. Oh, man. Yeah, that conversation with Ahsoka and Anakin, him saying again, like, I'm training you to be a soldier. I have to teach you to be a soldier. And that conversation again of like, Obi Wan, when I was taught, Mm -hmm. I was taught to be keeper of the peace. And now the only way we achieve peace is through winning this war mm-hmm. or through ending it, however that may be, which didn't end well. But <laughs> at the time, they didn't know that. Yeah. So I, the struggle for Anakin, too, to teach Yeah, and her. it's just showing that there was definitely these, these struggles at the beginning mm-hmm. of the Clone War. And you yeah. can see how even Anakin, a great strength was you know, this ability to lead Mm -hmm. and take charge and he cared so much for others, but it was also his downfall. Yeah. And like right now you're seeing, he's like, this is just what we got to do. It's the right thing to do right now. But you see Ahsoka questioning it. And so they really, there were these doubts at the beginning, which she did, you know, put aside and, you know, was able to come to terms with it as the war dragged on. But then, you know, after getting wrongly accused and framed and kicked out of the order i made that sound like she got kicked out of a club or something (laughs) you're not our friend anymore Mm. and so um (laughs) and then just coming back and you know that conversation with rex in season seven when rex shares like we clones have always had mixed Mm. feelings about the war because without it we wouldn't exist yeah and so it's just like it's very complicated and just like 
there there's good from the war such as the yeah. clones and the friendships but then also just the galaxy as a whole what it mm. what had happened and then and then ahsoka talking with anakin just like this isn't what i trained for right and like she's really in shock and scared of what's going on around her yeah and you know questions is this what i'm gonna have to train a future padawan Mm -hmm. which shows you know just her reluctance with sabine you know she's scared to train sabine that's coming out is because she she wants to do the best that she can and take on a padawan but she's also fearful of you know how it could go how it could end up right because it didn't end well for her and she just she wants to train you know you're you're taking someone in and you're pouring so much into them yeah that will have an effect on the rest of their life and that's that can be very daunting you know if you don't know exactly how to train a padawan yeah and even what ahsoka's been taught was you know that unconventional way of the jedi Mm -hmm. and that her predecessors her her grandmaster her you know obi-wan and qui-gon and and then anakin and even yoda all unconventional jedi all pouring into her and then even like being told that by hewing that being at one of the things in her mind as she's teaching ahsoka as well Uh, no as ahsoka's teaching sabine Mm-hmm. that's you know part of that fear yeah also you know because Hugh Wang has said you know you're from a long line of unconventional mm-hmm. Jedi like he just said and how in the Siege of Mandalore scene when she was talking with Anakin and he says like you are all of me you know mm-hmm. everything that I have taught you is a part of you you're a part of a legacy yeah and she she acknowledges you know she's a part of a long legacy because then there's you know ahsoka to anakin to obi-wan to qui-gon to dooku to yoda so it's just it's this line and she says but my part in that legacy is this this war this destruction and death so she's she's realizing everyone before me was a peacekeeper why why did i have to be the one with the death and the destruction right. and well. so that's what she was <laughs> that's what she was struggling with was that that being her role in the legacy because she acknowledged mm. she's in the like this legacy and she can't escape it but she doesn't like her role in it right yeah and even like the implications of her role like she is the padawan of anakin skywalker the padawan of darth vader mm-hmm and that's way more heavier than saying you're the Padawan of Qui-Gon Jinn or Obi-Wan mm-hmm. because he's the chosen one and Definitely. he's a Sith Lord. And also the way she sees him. Right. Like in the first in the first flashback, he's like, the war's not over yet. Let's keep fighting. And as he's running away mm-hmm. with the lightsaber in hand, flashes of Vader. Right. You know, or probably that's how Ahsoka, yeah. you know, adult Ahsoka sees him he's both he yeah he is anakin he was their master but he was also darth vader yeah i also really love the parallel of ahsoka her just asking like what if i don't want to fight and mm-hmm. anakin's just like then you'll die and then in tales we see like i'm tired of fighting mm-hmm. like she's just she's worn out she's done being a soldier and she's having that moment here on ryloth yeah. too in the beginning of the war Granted, in that moment, it's probably adult Ahsoka 
thinking the same thing. Yeah. Because even, even the part where this is, this is about to get kind of deep just in the terms of both being adult Ahsoka mm-hmm. and then young Ahsoka. But he cracks a joke, you know? Yeah. He's like, are, are you sure you want a Padawan? It's not all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. And then she's like, are you joking? Yeah. Like, why why are you joking? I'd prefer you be serious at a time like this. Yeah. I could really see, like, the adult Ahsoka mm-hmm. coming out in that talking to Anakin, which kind of could be referring to her going back. Like, we we were very lighthearted during the Clone yeah. Wars. We'd crack jokes. You know, they'd keep a tally of how many battle droids each of them got. You know, just constantly. Like, oh, you missed out on the party and, like, come to join the fun, you know, in the battles. Because I, kn- I know we were talking about this a couple episodes ago, but, like, this was their life. Mm-hmm. And so you could either be serious all the time or you could try to, you know, have a part of your life. Just it's it's in the war, but yeah. your personalities are still very lighthearted and, you know, just making jokes. So just this might be the older version of her, you know, re- coming to regret it. Like, this war was so much more serious i can't believe i went in as a child soldier and did all these things and having those regrets so like the adult version of her coming out yeah just you know as young ahsoka but then you know coming to terms with it Mm -hmm. of like that that was a part of who i am and you know because she like we were saying she has this dark side in her that she's fearing will come to surface Mm -hmm. because of you know who her master was but just coming to terms that that that's a part of her but it she can control it you know yeah she has a power over it i also i had this thought when we were watching the episode again but like the whole concept of her fighting and her you know wanting to live is sort of i just thought of the line in obi-wan when darth vader and obi-wan are fighting and you know, Vader's like, Anakin Skywalker is dead. Mm-hmm. I killed him. So, sort of like, Anakin stopped fighting the dark side. Mm-hmm. And so this lesson is, Ahsoka, keep fighting. Because if you don't keep fighting, you're going to end up like me, as Darth mm-hmm. Vader. And, you know, that last moment, she's like, I choose to live. Because then Ahsoka Tano doesn't die, and I don't become something different. Exactly. Because, I mean, that was very heavy with anakin was mm-hmm. he made a clear distinction that anakin had died and right. that he was the one who had killed him mm-hmm. so then to have this you know lesson with ahsoka you live or you die right this is anakin he's the one teaching it right so you know that that ties in heavily to that is just choosing choose like making this choice mm-hmm. you have a choice in this you can fight against dying mm-hmm. we're on this train of you know just talking about anakin and ahsoka but um going back to the hera scenes um because they're they're flying over the water <laughs> right <laughs> talking about how they don't have you know they didn't have authorization for this there's a fleet coming because mm-hmm. earlier mon mothma was talking with them you know like come back to coruscant with the fleet and even before that too carson teva was like i just talked with the senator organa mm-hmm. and she said she can only cover up where we are for so long so that was a little cameo yeah Leia. so Hera's talking with you because they're sweeping the seas 
and she's like people don't just vanish and Huang, you know is like normally no and then he, you know he just talks about you know ahsoka like she's a jedi you don't know what to expect we heard lightsabers clashing in the water and you know hair is very aware of that because she's experienced things like that firsthand yeah. like on lothal with the loth wolves they had the ability to travel from one part of the planet to the polar opposite mm-hmm. side so she she knows that ahsoka could very well be here and just to not give up because at any point she could appear they're trying to they're in this this race against the clock before the new republic shows up and just like what we said earlier like Hera fought for this new republic no wonder the new republic fell because they weren't caring about the things that were the most important like it's crazy this is potentially the empire coming back and they're punishing Hera for being out here Mm. and threatening you know yeah her rank is at stake so it's just it's crazy she's getting reprimanded for caring and then because Huang compares Ahsoka to Anakin and Hera asks like what was Anakin like and Huang's like intense yeah the part though because they're flying and all of a sudden jason comes on the con <laughs> and it's like hey mom chopper says you need to get low he thinks he found something and then Hera's like how low the part when he turns and he's like she wants to know how low yeah. it's like classic like you're you're on the phone with your si- like yeah you and your sibling are on the phone with your mom yeah or something like that oh my gosh it was just so adorable yeah. and he's he said pretty low. Yeah. I It captured very well the relationship between Jason and Chopper. It was very cute. It was adorable. Like, they're, they're just such a little team. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. But then it switches to the Siege of Mandalore. Yeah, the and everybody's heart rate spikes. Of Mandalore. Or flat lines. Because my brain went from, because we tell Ryloth, you mm-hmm. know, and just that whole that whole arc in the episode i'm like oh little is so good all of a sudden i was like wait blue lightsabers wait two two lightsabers and then you see and i was like the ahsoka troopers no way no way yeah are we watching yeah this and then all of a sudden you see the maldalorians yeah and you're like (laughs) (gasps) just like this is what what i was thinking it was yeah and then then you you see rex you see rex you see rex I honestly, if all we saw of Rex was him standing in the background on Ryloth, I would have been happy. <laughs> and then we got more. I would not. I was like, he, he, he's, that's not it, right? That was phase one. I need phase two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> or just phase what, half. two? Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he gets phase one and phase two and welds them together. The whole theater just started applauding I when bet. we saw rex it's rex. like it's it's the king i we almost did a standing ovation oh my if gosh. everyone wasn't like so reclined in this <laughs> <laughs> it was like oh my gosh it was rex and then the 332nd company and soka we all realized we were watching a live the action version movie. of one of the greatest arts even the mandalorian just looks so amazing they did which they're they're Mandalorian really super cool, commandos, but, yeah, but Maldalorians because they served Maul, Darth Maul. Which, I mean, this 
is one of my personal favorite arcs in all the Clone Wars. Well, I guess the important ones. If you ask me my favorite Clone Wars episode, it would probably be one of those random, like, it was just funny. That's all a part of what the Clone Wars was, was they had super intense, crazy episodes, and then they had one where, like, C-3PO and R2-D2 get lost and yeah. kidnapped, you know, while on an errand for Padme. So it was it was very extreme in, you know, just plot-wise. So I, I really like those random ones. I'd say my favorite would be Dooku Captured. That's or a good one. No, the one, the one after. Quiet, Anakin. The Count is trying to concentrate. <laughs> I, do, I do like Dooku Captured, though, because of Obi-Wan and Anakin's banter at the beginning. Yeah. And the glow sticks. Okay, but then in, in that you know, flashback, Anakin walks up and is like, I don't know this battle. And she explains this was the Siege of Mandalore. We'd parted ways by now. And Anakin, you know, he he tells her, you're a warrior now as I trained you to be. Mm-hmm. And she questions, is that all? Am I just a warrior? That's that's what I'm known as. That is my legacy. Which, you know, yeah. we, we already talked about this, but he said, you know, within you is all that I am. You're a part of a legacy. And she's, you know, she said my my part in that legacy is death and war. And then he, he tells her, you're more than that because I am. And then the line when she said right after, you you are, Anakin, you are more than that, but more powerful and dangerous than we realized. Just going to show because they were all so convinced he was the chosen one. Which, mm. you know, at first it was like he could be the chosen one. And it was never... A confirmed, oh yeah, this is the chosen one. But it was so heavily talked about with all the Jedi. Like, he could be the chosen one if he fits the criteria. So they were they were so into that, yeah. you know? No matter how extreme he was, they might be like, oh, this is side effect of being the chosen one, you know? Mm-hmm. So just for her, her to say that this is Ahsoka is just... It's crazy yeah. because she's she's fought him. She fought Vader. And he was powerful, and it was it was really hard for her because he was so ready just to kill her yeah. in that moment. I like how she brings up again, like, if I'm everything you are, and then he kind of cuts her off and she trails off, but it's like, if, I, if I'm everything you are, everything you taught me, then where do I end up? Because mm-hmm. after she had said the line, you know, you're more powerful and dangerous than we realized, he asked, is that what this is about? Mm-hmm. Kind of like Anakin had come to Ahsoka and is like, we're going to figure this out. You need to make amends with whatever's going on because mm-hmm. he he can tell he's probably been watching over her. He's like, there's something wrong and we need to figure out and yeah. get to the bottom of it. So then he finally realizes she's afraid of what I had become and that she'll become that. So then, you know, he asks, is that what this is about? She's like what else would it be about this is what it's like this this was so much of her life you know what else would it be about and so you know he goes on to say i i gave you a choice live or die and then now when he ignites the lightsaber it's red yeah and so then she responds with again like no Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna fight you so then you know incorrect and that 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 the, it pans out and you see Anakin with the red lightsaber, Ahsoka yeah. with her two lightsabers, 
so freaking pretty yeah it was so pretty it's and at the same time so intense oh my gosh and then he pushes her back into mm-hmm. the world between worlds the, even that fighting scene it was so quick it how he disarmed ahsoka so quickly it just it one it goes to show how powerful he is but it also reminded me of ahsoka's fight in tales with the inquisitor how mm. quickly she disarmed that inquisitor and it was like, like, like yeah it was just cool exactly to see it's so crazy how you know just being even slightly off balance mentally mm-hmm. how much it impacts your fight yeah and so i mean she was at her worst at this moment mentally because yeah of, you know she just gone through all these events and you know things have finally come to the surface of what she's so afraid of yeah and so then, you know, at Back in the World Between Worlds, Anakin walks up and it's a Anakin Vader flash, mm-hmm. you know, another one of those. And he says, you lack conviction. And he's just coming at her. And then, you know, time to die. It's so intense. And now he's got the Sith eyes. Yeah. And, you know, they, they fight for a minute, but then she eventually, she disarms him. Mm-hmm. And she's got the red lightsaber. <laughs> it took me a second (laughs) imagine though the other hand got your other hand (laughs) yet (laughs) disarms she takes his lightsaber and her i mean her eyes go sith for a moment Mm -hmm. because i mean what what's inside her is coming to surface yeah eyes are the window to the soul so that that's coming out but then, you know, she throws the lightsaber and says, I choose to live. Yeah. Which she finally, she finally understood it, what he yeah. was trying to teach her. I mean, that's what Luke did too. He throws his lightsaber away. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I won't fight you. Exactly. And that's the mark of becoming a true Jedi for Luke in Luke's case. Yeah. And so, yeah, by telling him this, she was telling him that she was willing to accept her past, who she was, and who she can be now because mm-hmm. of that, including the darkness inside of her. Yeah. But, it, I mean, it didn't mean that she's willing to embrace the darkness. It just it means she's accepted it, yeah. that it, it's a part of her. He's, he's taught her to do what he's doing now is being that balance between the force. Mm-hmm. So he's teaching her on a smaller scale because she's not the chosen one, but yeah like accept both parts because that's how you find the balance yeah and not holding herself back mm-hmm. anymore because you, you saw a lot of that a lot of people are saying she's very stoic and serious yeah because the last time we really saw her was the last time she faced anakin mm-hmm. and so she she was very heavy-hearted which you know also reminds me of in season six of the clone wars one of the you know the most forced mystical episode arcs in the clone wars was when yoda you know goes and finds the the wills mm-hmm. and is learning how to force ghosts you know f- figuring out that life after death and he had to go through a series of the trials and one of them was coming face to face with his dark side you know, and at first, mm-hmm. you know, he was afraid of it. Like, what is this thing? It has its power. It's going to consume me and attack. But then when he realizes you're my dark side and it's my choice whether or not I give you that power, 
and then you know then he has complete control over it so it was it was a lot like that like learning every jedi has a dark side it's whether or not you give it power so she had come to terms with that as mm-hmm. well that it it was a part of her and it wasn't just because of this legacy she was a part of yeah i think a big part too of ahsoka's becoming a true jedi like in that moment was repeatedly she's had this mindset of i am no jedi mm-hmm. and i think now we see more of like okay why do you say you're no jedi is because you're so full of revenge in that moment against vader or because you left the order because yeah. they did you dirty but <laughs> i think with this it's it's more related to her fear because yeah ahsoka is refusing to become what anakin became and she thinks that her not being a jedi and limiting herself and becoming stoic is how she doesn't do that mm-hmm. trying or to how close- she achieves not being like anakin yeah trying to close herself off from it right and then even like in the mortis arc when she's warned by her future self like get away from anakin mm. like he's gonna taint you and you, he's bad influence or whatnot yeah so just more meaning behind the words i am no jedi mm. to i am a jedi like my master before me exactly and if she if she's gonna take on that title right if she's gonna start calling herself a jedi Mm -hmm. or continue just like you know maybe i am ahsoka yeah i am groot (laughs) but and then anakin's response is you know there's hope for you yet and then yeah that's it he's gone just like he came and he taught the lesson he really wanted his padawan you know he wasn't he wasn't there for her in the end and he wanted to help her get past this because yeah. Anakin cared very deeply. <laughs> As, you know, yeah. he cared for Padme, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka. Yeah. And Rex too. That doesn't just go away, you know, like, oh, I was Vader and then now, now yeah. I, I kind of died. He's he's still there mm-hmm. as the Force ghost and he, he, he really cares for Ahsoka. Yeah. He was just clouded by the dark side the last time that he had come face to face with her. And so then she returns to the physical world. And the that, that rescue scene, you know, it was just, it was, it's cool to go from something so mystical to then something so, yeah, I, not mystical, you know, just like it's, it's a rescue. The realism kind of hits more. Mm-hmm. And then, cause then she's there, she's being saved, pulled yeah. up. She's laying there, but she's whispering Anakin because she, she had just seen yeah. her master. Yeah. I had watched this reaction video to Ahsoka episode five, and they had brought up the point of like the water rising above her head is sort of like a symbolism of baptism and like rebirth. Mm-hmm. And so it was cool to see that parallel too. Like this is, she's coming, she's coming, Ahsoka the White. <laughs> I don't know any other name. <laughs> I don't either. Than Ahsoka the White. I, it's the best it, because it we really have Ahsoka is. the Gray before. Okay. Did you did you think of this parallel? Because you know she comes out and she you know she's whispering Anakin. It reminded me so much of times that Luke, like especially in Empire Strikes Back, he was you know right. He was out <sighs> on Hoth, you know, ice cold, but he's like whispering Ben right you know calling for ben so it was kind of like like a moment like that like just another little parallel like that 
of just yeah. you know when you're half delusional you just experience some big force thing yeah. well for him obi-wan it just kind of showed up as a little guy like Luke, yeah. go to dagobah i don't know why i'm doing like this <laughs> this little marching dance yeah but it that was just another similarity yeah. it is really cool to see that like we have ahsoka who's the legacy of anakin's training and then we have luke who's the legacy of of anakin's power mm-hmm. it's really cool to see those similarities so after Ahsoka's rescued, you know the transition, the oh. score again. Me and my yeah. scores, but it was you know season two Rebels finale. Right, they play Ahsoka's theme, but it's this like beautiful version of it. It's very intense for the events that had just happened. They just yeah. had a big, huge battle, and they had losses. So this this score played again like the most it wasn't you know exactly identical because it's still ahsoka's theme but it was it had that same theme to it but it was like the triumphant version Mm -hmm. of she accomplished something and this was really great which actually going back we failed to mention this earlier was when jason had told Hera, like (gasps) hey listen out you hear the lightsabers the horse theme that playing. was beautifully transitioned the way it came it, it was so soft oh and all of a sudden gosh. you're like wait wait and then bam it yeah like waxed it you. was so beautiful i just i love the scores they play such a huge part into these episodes whether you yeah. realize it or not you know it could be a subconscious like well oh, that's so cool but then when you tie together like this score played at this moment you know of <laughs> this other entirely different show yeah I just read my notes. Yeah. It's talking about Ahsoka with Oh, oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> with no crown or anything. Yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I mean baby Ahsoka, it's fine. It'll yeah, pass. But, but full grown Ahsoka? Yeah. Ma'am? <laughs> yeah, it was it was a choice. It was a choice. I don't know if I stand by it. I don't I don't I don't think I do. Yeah, but then Huang comes to see her, you know. And it doesn't goes, make it better. <laughs> and you know he comes and he's like jason's here jason yeah jason uh found you if it yeah. wasn't for him you would be not be here not alive yeah and uh, you know because even when he had said like jason's here she's like jason's Jason. here and he's like yeah and Hera, you know like mm-hmm. we're all here unauthorized we're, we're not supposed to be here <laughs> but then she asked about sabine like where's sabine because really she she has no idea but then Huang shows her the map and so she's kind of starting to pick up like Mm -hmm. okay a lot more happened after i had left so it's it's so cute like when jason sees Asuka, runs up and gives her a hug yeah like an old family friend Mm -hmm. so i i wonder how many times they've you know they've interacted with each other and he's got he's he's so interested in the jedi yeah things so you know just him seeing ahsoka like whoa like not only are you a jedi like you knew my father yeah you fought beside my father on like malachor and like the missions like that which hair might have told him about it's just my father's bastard yeah it's just crazy and like him saying like hey i heard you fighting and, you know, she's at that point very interested, doesn't, you know, get too deep into it because there's more pressing matters. But she's realizing that Jason's a little force sensitive there. 
He's got some ability. Also, the part when with Huang, yep, they're <laughs> yeah. going back on the ship. He's like, "Will you train me?" No. And then he's Do you like, know "How to build a lightsaber?" Yes. Yes. Will you show me how? No. no. <laughs> I love Huang. Yeah. Also, her force echo. Yep, that was the next point I was yeah. going to say. And the sound of when it like starts that little ding is from Jedi Survivor and Jedi Fallen Order. It was very cool. And like the humming Details, in the background, man. it's like. Yeah, because Force Echo, it's more rare of an ability, I would say, among the Jedi. Because there's, there's the common ones, like, you know, forming basic connections with animals. And some go deeper, like Ezra, you know, he's able to have that deep connection with animals. And empathy towards other people, you know, and being able to sense their thoughts. That's another general Jedi ability. But then the Force Echo, being able to touch an object and have flashbacks of what had happened which we had seen a little bit in the earlier episodes episode two i believe of ahsoka when she's you know she kind of can get a grasp of what had happened to sabine when she fought shin and so she's she does it again here and uses that i would say every time i think of force echo well cal Kestis, definitely mm-hmm. but also quinlan boss yeah because he had that ability you see that in the clone wars I love Quinlan. Like, the the dynamic between him and Obi-Wan, just Mm -hmm. not getting along, but then, you know, just kind of like, whatever, you know. But I guess they're civilized enough. (laughs) Well, Obi-Wan, at least, to, you know, not have full-out arguments with him most of the time. Yeah, it's so cool to see Ahsoka with this ability, like, Mm because you never really saw much of that earlier because she'd she'd have visions which i i think we did talk about this in our episode two review Mm -hmm. she'd have like visions and things but never like the ability to touch an object and Mm -hmm. re see what had happened but you you also see how centered ahsoka is in the force and there's this lightness to her she she's starting to wear white you know at this point yeah so you know she's like i'm gonna come up with a way to get to sabine and Maybe Ezra, stop Thrawn. Yeah, you just see such a lightness to her as she's, you know, thinking up ideas. And then when she sees mm-hmm. the purgle, you know, she's like, that's it. I'm going to open myself up to the force to them and see about a way there. And so then yeah. when she tells Hera, she's like, she's you know, so hopeful. we're going on a field trip. Yeah. And so then, you know, she goes out on the ship and connects with the purgle. And then so Ahsoka, you know, the way she like knocks on the window, like she went like get in the <laughs> yeah. mouth. You know, and he, you know, just, it's so Ahsoka, it which is, is, it's very thin glass. You know, like, I thought be able the to same thing, I was like, hyperspace and, you know, like, thin mm-hmm. enough to talk through. Star Wars, man, they know their materials. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's just, she's so lighthearted and then she gets in the ship, you know, and Hewing's like, are you certain it'll take us to where we're supposed <laughs> to go? And she's like, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, are are you sure? Like, what are you doing? And she's just like, you know, at least it's not nowhere. Yeah, exactly. And just like this lightness of like, mm-hmm. I don't know where we're gonna go, but I have a feeling it's good. Yeah, like we're doing the right thing now. So it's just, wow, I'm so excited for the next three episodes. Yeah, I, I know we're gonna get Thrawn, but yes. I don't know if we're going to get Ezra. I know. I always love that cl- that 
when like the big bad guys get overwhelmed you know like because mm. the new republic shows up like we're in power here we call the shots to all of a sudden this pot of purgle come at them and they're just like there's nothing we yeah. can do to stop this like those are some big bullet pills coming towards us <laughs> bullet pills and <laughs> so um i love the part too when Hera was like telling ahsoka it looks like they're about to jump into hyperspace because by now mm. ahsoka's in the mouth of the big one jonad yep and so um <laughs> ahsoka says like sorry you're not able to come along yeah. for the ride oh my gosh. you know just like because there was definitely disappointment because Hera was hoping to go and you yeah. know, also escape the trouble that she now has to face. But, you know, just lighthearted like, you know, Jason's not old enough to travel to different galaxies <laughs> yet. And just Jason's little supportive smile. Yeah, it's so cute because I love, too, the part where Ahsoka's trying to connect with the Purgle. Yeah. Or not trying to, connecting with the Purgle. And Jason yeah. and Hera are just watching. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, like... This is just like the stories he told me about Ezra and how he took away the bad guys. And he asked, is she going to go to Ezra? Just, I love this, that she's told him these stories. Mm -hmm. That's so important. Because, I mean, that that was a huge part of Hera's life. Yeah. You know? But yeah, this, this episode ended on a very big high. Like, it did. Next week is gonna be exciting. Yeah. And even like the last words that were said in the episode was just, may the force be with you. Mm. I don't, I read a comment somewhere or maybe it was a post, but it was like, it's been a really long time since those words have really felt like the actual impact of it. Definitely. And the delivery of the line was just amazing. And everything that was leading up to it too was just, you're right. The force will be with you, Ahsoka. Like it was just this whole redemption and rebirth mm-hmm. for Ahsoka, so it's like, yeah, but really, like Ahsoka's fully depending on the Force, right, to get her where she's trying yeah. to go. So that that is a huge impact, mm-hmm. and I'm so excited to keep going with this show. Me too. As we we made it over the hill, we're going downhill now. We're going downhill? In episode numbers. Oh, gotcha. Not not quality. I bet when they get back from where they're going, Zeb is going to be there with Hera waiting for them to come home. Could we just have him sitting in like a chair? I was going to say chair. Not the rocking chair, but like the the beach chair, you know, that he had (laughs) and like listening to his rock music. Yeah. That is the Zeb I want to see. Yeah. We love Dave and Kevin Kiner. Yes. Thank you, thank you. I mean, this was Dave Filoni directed yeah. this episode. I've been seeing a lot of people saying like this is the best Star Wars thing that has come out in a in a in a good while. Mm-hmm. Which, I would say for me, I agree. Probably since the first season of Mandalorian. <laughs> oh, you know, I would say this blows Mando out of the park. I yeah, like this is greater than in the mandalorian i think it the episode with anakin and obi-wan and obi-wan or vader when anakin when obi-wan's fighting vader i think since then i haven't really had something that's like oh wow yeah although i will say andor is still on a different level but that's just yeah i this definitely beat andor though 
in my opinion. Andor had deep thoughts, but yeah. this was Star Wars. Yeah. Like, it's been a long time since you've had something so classic, mm-hmm. but so fresh. Yeah. It was it was really, really good. Yeah. Dave Filoni was George Lucas's Padawan. Oh. Really. Yeah. And so to have him, you know, stepping up and just he he's he does great Star Wars. We yeah. already know this. And I had no doubts that Ahsoka was gonna be really good. Yeah. Just because of the past and him teasing that he's been building up to Ahsoka and just the ideas and concepts he has. After watching Rebels the first time when he introduced the world between worlds, it was like this guy has a lot of potential yeah to go deeper than just you know because i mean classic star wars og is Mm -hmm. the empire and death star and luke skywalker but then to have these deep thoughts which was where george lucas was kind of heading before he sold lucasfilm was just you know these deeper more mystical aspects Mm -hmm. which dave is able to you know channel that with what's what else is going on in Mm -hmm. star wars it's just it's really good thank you dave thank you dave so yeah thank you all so much for listening i know this was a long one (laughs) we did two (laughs) very heavy episodes so this was definitely long if you're listening on apple Podcasts, please be sure to leave us five stars and if you got time write us a review they really help out the podcast and we will give out a shout out on a future episode be sure to follow us on Instagram at Star Wars underscore old underscore public underscore radio. We post a lot of fun things. We're planning on doing some lives mm-hmm. in the future. Coming up, probably the near future. So stay tuned on that. Some live episodes, you know, talking about Ahsoka, talking about Star Wars. We got a couple requests to do like trivia, mm-hmm. which would be fun maybe some giveaways so be sure to go check all that stuff out this is about all we got for this week yeah so thank y'all so much for listening i have spoken mcclunky oh that was a what the less heck? energetic one. he's like greedo like a parrot I don't know. I'm tired. Anyway. Um, a parrot. It's a deleted scene. No. Um, she's in the temple meditating. He rings her doorbell. <laughs> and he walks in and she's like, what do you want, Skywalker? And he just shoots. <laughs> why is that such an Anakin thing to do? And now you know why they deleted it. <laughs> Any final thoughts? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts? Mace Windu was there too, huh? Was he? No. Wait. No. Wait. Why are you thinking <laughs> that? No. I've seen too many memes. <laughs> <laughs> the memes have ruined me. <laughs> I, sw- I would have bet Mace Windu was there. <laughs> <laughs> I also love the part where... Did you feel that? Oh, was that you? Yeah. <gasps> Don't scare me. <laughs> yeah, but just Ow. like really. <laughs> Take three. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening, listening to, to the, the this thing the that podcast. we. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
where we talk.